Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks, Lori LeBay. And basically, I got into this world of dementia through my mother's own 30-year journey. Uh, Mom just recently passed away here in February, um, but she started having uh, significant problems and went to the doctor in her mid-50s. Um, back at that time, she was told that it was just her hormones and change of life, and she wasn't formally diagnosed until she was 60, uh, in her in her mid-60s, but she definitely, definitely knew, and so did the rest of the family, knew that it was more than just a hormonal issue. So um, out of that journey through my mom and uh, with my mom, I decided to start Alzheimer's Speaks to give voice so that people could share their stories, what they've learned, what works, what doesn't work. Because um, as a daughter dealing with this, you know, I was just really frustrated that there wasn't any place to go. So Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy-based company that provides multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there spinning their wheels um, and in that crisis mode, and there's there's ways to help them just by sharing uh, what it is we know. And I believe that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and just having the everyday conversations that we do here on Alzheimer's Speaks Radio and with our Dementia Chats webinars and through our blog and resource directory, that we can really help those living with this disease live with purpose and live better lives, um, live to the fullest, um, help them be able to find and still create joy and to be able to remove the stigmas and the myths that are so strong out there and isolate so many. At our core, we believe that collaboratively we will win this battle, and I know that we are making a significant difference, and that is due to our audience. Um, your likes, your shares, your your clicks are powerful, so don't ever underestimate the power of one. Um, through all of your likes and shares and clicks, um, you got us recognized as the number one influencer online, according to Share Care and Dr. Oz, and that is just a massive, massive honor that, um, you know, I can't thank you each enough. But again, it shows the power of collaboration. So um, today's show is just open mic. It's very simple format. People can call in and chat with us. I am still having problems with my chat box. I'm going to have to get to the bottom of this because I cannot see it. So if you want to um, communicate with me, you can go to, um, you know, my Facebook page if you'd like. 
uh, Lori LeBay and uh, make comments there. Or you can go to uh, my email, which is Lori, L-O-R-I, at alzheimerspeaks.com. And um, and I can field comments or questions there. Again, I really apologize that our chat box is not not working Um but I don't really have a whole lot of control over that one. So I'm going to go ahead and um, just highlight a couple of things first before I pull in our first guest. We've got a couple of people on the line already, which is fantastic. Um, this is World Alzheimer's Month, for those of you that don't know that. Uh, September is uh, is a fantastic month to be able to get out there and help raise awareness. If you're not familiar with the Purple Angel uh, program, I highly recommend that you go to Alzheimer's speaks.com go to our about page and then click on the tab that says purple angel Um, there you will find all kinds of information on how you can use this global symbol uh, to raise awareness we want this purple angel with the globe to be as well known and as popular and as accepted as the pink ribbon for breast cancer Uh, we want people to feel proud uh, to to be associated with that. And individuals, businesses, and communities alike can all use that. All you have to do is read a poster, which is also on that page, and you're off and running. On Monday, I am going to have on the show uh, Executive Director Mark Wartman with Alzheimer's Disease International with us. We're going to be doing a special show on a, on a, a newly released study that I don't even think comes out until tomorrow. Um, on on dementia and um, prevention. And then later today, I want to give a shout-out. I'm going to be seeing Health Star Home Healthcare. They're going to be opening up their first memory cafe, so I'm going to help them launch that. The Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation, again, one of my favorite organizations that approaches things in a holistic fashion. So from food to exercise to meditation, um, general engagement, they do some great educational programs. I um, uh, highly encourage you to check those out. And then for people who are dealing with Lewy body or frontal temporal lobe or aphasia, remember there are associations um, that deal specifically with this, and that would be um, to your benefit to connect with them. Um, for those of you that are not familiar with Alzheimer's Music Connect, um, you know, it's one that you might want to Google and check out. They are going to be launching a brand new CD for the holidays, which I'm really excited about. Um, it's absolutely fabulous and uh, will be a lot of fun. So I'm going to go ahead and pull in um, our first guest here. We've got Carol Larkin um, with us. Carol, how are you today? I'm great, Lori. And you. Well, good. Can you tell people a little bit about yourself, what you do, and where you're from, and what you're up to? Sure. Be happy to do that. Um, I am a certified dementia consultant. Um, I do that um, as my living. Um, Sometimes it seems 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, but the need never stops. I'm located in Dallas, Texas. However, uh, I do consult with people, personal consult with people um, all over the nation via telephone. Um, My goal is to 
help every family I can deal with the um, excuse me difficulties of Alzheimer's or any of the other dementia, Lewy bodies, <clears throat> Parkinson's, frontal temporal, any of that. <clears throat> I do this in memory of my mother who uh, did have Alzheimer's, and she was actually my first client, so to speak. Um, my mother had um, <clears throat> Alzheimer's, not quite as long as yours did, Lori. As a matter of fact, nowhere near as long as yours did. But um, I was lucky to uh, be able to catch it early, and for the last, oh, I would say six years of her life, um, she had a, um, a as good an experience living with Alzheimer's as one could ever expect. And in her memory, I try and reach out and help as many other families um, as possible to, who are going through this in the same sense that you are, Lori. Well, that's that's wonderful. I have a question for you. I just got an email, and maybe you might have an answer to this because I don't. Um, I got an email from a woman who is um, living in Spain with a partner who has dementia, um, but they need English-speaking um, care partners. Do you do you have any connections? Um, in Spain or have any ideas of what would be the best way for them to try to find um, information on English-speaking um, care partners? Um, boy, that is a good question. I, I may be able <clears throat> to help in this sense. Um, I belong to the National Association of Geriatric Care Managers, and we have a uh, listserv that we query all of the other care managers across the United States. I could put that query up uh, and see if there is uh, somebody in the United States that knows uh, a resource uh, like that in Spain. Oh, that would be wonderful, Carol. That would be absolutely wonderful. Um, we've got quite a few callers on the line here, but I want to um, just give you um, time as well to, you know, is there anything new that you're that you're working on? Uh, I know you've been, you've got just tireless efforts going on. Carol is just absolutely amazing. She, she's just a fabulous writer. Um, she does a lot. She has a lot of her articles on the Alzheimer's Reading Room. Um, I've published some. I, I know they're all over, but just very, very. Um, good, good information. She's been involved with the memory cafes and um, you name it. She's she's fired up and ready to go to shift our dementia care culture. But is there anything in particular that you want to let people know that you're working on right now, Carol? Um, yes, Lori, thanks for asking. You know, I'm I'm always up to something. Um, <laughs> my, my, my latest uh, thing is uh, person-centered care. Um, I'm, I've got a couple of articles about it uh, coming out. One as uh, reference to a wonderful movie, which I imagine you've spoken about, that I hope that everybody sees, because it's a movie about the joy that's possible in dementia. 
it's um oh my gosh, I just had a had a mind blurt. Um um it, it's inside out. Oh, I, uh, um alive inside. Alive inside. That's absolutely right. Alive inside. <laughs> That's awful. Um it is fabulous. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. I'm going to write about it and its relation to um, the person-centered care concept. I don't know if you've seen it, Lori, but wow, it is so cool. It is marvelous. It's one of those shows that will put a smile on your face instantly and you'll walk out of the screening um, talking about it with everyone. Um, and and realizing the power that music has in your own life, and it doesn't. You don't have to be ill for it to have that um, significant impact on us. But you'll walk away going, "Wow, I have had a gem in my pocket all this time and didn't know, didn't know the <laughs> significance of it." And um, yeah, it was it was. It was so amazing to see those faces light up instantly. And people can say, oh, that was edited out. But it's like I've seen it myself, um, you know, the power of music. And it is. It's instant. There's a glint in the eye. A smile comes. The dimples show. There's a giggle. They're singing. Their feet are tapping or their hands. They're swaying. I mean, it is instant and that it shows on film the ripple effect of that and what it even does in a room and how it affects everyone else when that mood is shifted and that energy and kind of how we're all interconnected it's it's fabulous it is fabulous i i heard it's going to be available like on uh, netflix and things um in october and i don't know if that's um, true or not, but I, I surely hope so because it's it's powerful. So you'll have to let me know when that is out because I'll, I'll be more than glad to help push that out. I've been trying to get a hold of them to have them on the radio to talk about it. We've got um, one of our um, homes here, Walker Methodist, is started the program and is trying to raise, I think, like $80,000 to um you know, get more stuff out too into their into their communities, which I'm really glad to see here locally. So, I hope it catches on. Um, he's in a lot of nursing homes. I can't remember how many, but I mean, it was a pimple compared to how many you know nursing homes and assisted livings that we have. So, that'll be wonderful for because you're you you have such a great following. So, I think that that'll get that'll get picked up and and um, moved forward, which will be great. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. That's probably the newest thing. Okay. Well, I appreciate you calling in so much, and um, all your efforts um, are always appreciated by us. And, you know, anything we can do for you, you just let us know, Carol, because you're doing wonderful work out there. And I appreciate you taking the time in to call in this morning and join us. Um, how do people reach you if they want to if they want to get a hold of you, Carol? Um, pretty simple. Um, they can get a hold of me via uh, email, and that's uh, the name of my business, which is Third Age Services, and I'll spell it: T H I R D A G E S E R V I C E S. Third Age Services at gmail um 
I'm I answer it, gosh, all times of the day and night. Also, okay. if they want to call, me, if they want to call me, they can call me at two one four four nine one three nine two, and that will get directly to me. Thank you, Lori. Thank you for everything that you do. Oh, thanks. You have a wonderful week now, and I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Okay. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. I'm going to pull in our next caller here, and I'm not sure, but I think this might be Joe. Joe, are you on the line? Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me? uh, We can hear you just fine. Um, Joe, can you give people a little bit um, of background of who you are and why you're calling in today? Okay, my background is I'm my name is Joe Brazil and I'm originally from Mobile, Alabama, by way of Texas, Arkansas, Mississippi. Now I'm in Indiana. The reason why I'm calling is because about 2008, well, specifically August of July, August of 2008, my wife was diagnosed with uh, early onset di- uh, Alzheimer's. At the time, I had. Uh, Six-year-old, nine-year-old, I'm not even sure anymore. I get so confused. But uh, I had young children at the time. And so since 2008, I've been on this this walk, this journey, uh, dealing with my wife. Sometimes I think it's slow. Sometimes I think it's fast. If you met her, you wouldn't think anything about it. Uh, I don't tell her that she has Alzheimer's because it just makes her cry and her mother had the same thing and passed in 2011. And so my my journey is just simply dealing with that. My children are now 23, 21, and 16. So my passion is pretty much um, pretty much along the lines of dealing with early onset in children. I, I think a lot needs to be done in that area alone. Most people, when you tell them, you know, they find out that your wife has has early onset in Alzheimer's, they're like, well, a deer in a headlight look. So they don't know what to mm-hmm. do. It's true. That's that's the answer. They don't know what to do. So what we have to do is give them things to do to help us. That's what mm-hmm. I've learned. Okay. And there's some uh, other things that I have passion about. One would be uh, dealing with Medicaid, dealing with um, children in general, um, but you have to. We're going to have to deal with it from the top down. Bottom up's not working. Mm-hmm. So what happens is the children get anxious and and eventually they get in trouble because they're slowly they're watching their parent die is what they're watching, you know. And there's a lot of anxiety in in that, and so they act out and they get in trouble. And I I could speak into that a lot as well. So that's why I'm calling and and just dealing with that on a day to day basis. Uh, I've learned one thing that needs to be addressed big time is going from moving from one state to another with Medicaid and going through all of the minefield of that. Tomorrow I'm meeting with the Medicaid people um, here, a caseworker, and that, that definitely needs to be addressed. So that's what I'm calling in. If, if I can help people, that's what I want to do from my experience. Um, and I've got a lot of experience after all these years in dealing with uh, children and uh, early onset. So now she's she was 46 at the time. She's 53 now. She's at a quote unquote adult daycare during the day, 
which she thinks that's her job. That's where she goes to work. But she couldn't work a microwave to save her life. But she's sweet, and I love her, and I care for her. And whenever uh, I was uh, standing in front of God and everybody on August 1st, 1987, I said, I do, in sickness and health, and that's what I do. But the stress level, as we all know, is sometimes it's overwhelming. But we, So we have to work, look for those daylight moments and, and find humor in all of this. That's kind of the biggest lesson I've learned. And with that said, I'll be quiet. <laughs> No, no, that's okay. I it's it's great. I mean, we we love to be able to hear other people's um stories and and what is going on. It's so so critically important for for us to be able to share and hear. So I, I thank you very much for taking the time, Joe, to call. Um now, do you have kids at home now or are they or are they grown and out of the house? Uh yeah, I have uh, my my two oldest uh, my, my daughter is in Brandon, Mississippi, and she is she's not in the home. And I have a um, 21 year old. He's also in Brandon. I have a son that's in um, Mississippi um, still. He's 16. I don't have him with me. Uh, I, I, I can't really comment on that. Let's just say that he's got himself into some trouble. But I mean, he didn't kill anybody. But he—he's he, a good kid. He's just—I'm telling you, I'm—I am telling you the truth that something needs to be. I, I know what needs to be done about this, and it wouldn't cost anything to do this to, to manage this in terms of our school systems from the top down. What we have to do is we have to initiate a nation and international program that when people are going for their boards like lawyers and doctors and professionals, that they need to have just, just add in a little bit of ink to ask a question on there on how to identify a child that's having anxiety problems. I'll give you an example. Uh, when I first moved from Little Rock to uh, Brandon, um, I, I was just like not even knowing what was going on. This was in December of 08. That's not a good time ever for anybody to move, but I did it because I didn't know what to do. She was afraid to drive over the Arkansas River, and there was all kind of stuff that was going on. So when we moved there, initially I got with our church, and, and I was able to put on an Alzheimer's program with a local Alzheimer's uh, chapter there, and we had people from all over coming in to to learn about Alzheimer's. I mean, from Vicksburg to Hattiesburg to Jack, you know, all over. And previous, the previous week, I'd gotten a call from my son's teacher, who's now 21. He was 15 at the time. And he was saying, you know, we need to have a conference. Your son's coming in. He's putting his head on the desk. He's not paying attention. You know, he's got anxiety. He's not causing any trouble, but he's just not doing anything. And we had the meeting, and after the meeting, an a, a older lady came up and tapped me on the shoulder, and she said, well, I understand now. I said, oh, what do you mean? She says, I'm Joseph's teacher, and and now I get it. See, the, the teachers in, in society in general, they're not getting, they're not asking the right, right questions. Whenever they see a student with his head down, they're not they're not really delving in into in terms of, identifying, well, what's going on with this child? Could it be, well, maybe their parents are an alcoholic, maybe they're, uh, they're, uh, they're facing anxiety, because Kim's, Kim's fetish with, with cigarettes. So what she would do is she would just 
smoke a cigarette and forget that she smoked it and light up again and light up again. I mean, I was going through a fortune in generic cigarettes, and hence she got lung cancer. So we got two terminal diseases. And what was going on is Joseph was just staying up at night just worrying about all this, and I was out of town trying to, you know, get, you know, uh, take care of my business to to live, you know, day to day. So my point is that these teachers and these administrators – um, so I called a meeting at the Rankin County School Board. I, I got all these, I got all of these administrators together, um, psychiatrists, you know, the counselors and things like that. And we had a meeting. It was toward the end of the school year, and, and I looked at each counselor and I said, "Do you know anything about this disease?" And they just shook their head. They didn't. Uh, I'll give you another example. So I'm just saying that. Before we release these people out on society, we look at the statistics. It's not going to change, except for especially with the baby boomers and uh, you know as we're, we're aging out, it's not going to change. And we don't know what's causing it. I mean, I don't even know historically how far it goes back and, and what was the first identified case before Alzheimer's. Uh, I'm getting off track here, but so I want to point out to another example. Tim has early onset. Now, we, we know that when we talk about Alzheimer's, when you mention that name, that word, that phrase, it, it conjures up, well, my grandfather had it, my grandmother had it, uh, so-and-so's great-aunt had it and died of it. You know, that that's all that they know. Well, I went to a, an old folks' home, and there they were. They were just stuck in a chair. You know, we, we see these, quote-unquote, crazy people walking around. Now, that's the idea you get when you mention it. People don't understand that there. I believe that 30% of all divorces in the United States are probably related to early onset that these people are starting to get it, and these lawyers are real quick. In fact, they told me and Kim when I first delved into this that you know she was so gacked and crazy that I, I I thought about divorce, but the lawyer said, yeah, that's what you need. So there we go, attorneys even. Now, let me get back to my point. My point here, and then that 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 guess that'll be enough, to because this is what I'm trying to tell you. I would take Kim to a doctor, you know, let's say a, a, any doctor, a nurse, and I would fill out all the paperwork, and I would go in and I would uh, sit there and I would and I would see because she has another precancer thing going on because I'm just, I mean, I'm not a female. I don't know how to deal with with females. I mean, there's just so much I can do, and she has a condition that 80% of women get. So there's another issue going on there that um, I was taking her to see this doctor about. I filled out all the paperwork, and we're sitting there, and we go into the waiting room, and I write down on the paper what she has. And I write down on there, do not mention to her that, that we're talking that she has Alzheimer's because it, it does not make any point. It does, it, it does nothing but gets her upset, and there's no point in it. There's just no mm-hmm. point in telling her she's got it. Why would you want to do that? I write it in big, bold letters. I turn in my paperwork. We get ushered into the room. We're sitting there. The nurse comes in. She does her vitals. Oh, how you doing, Kim? You know, that kind of thing. And then they start talking to her like she knows what's going on. And I'm saying, excuse me, they didn't even bother to read the paper. 
that's what I'm trying trying to explain to you that these nurses and people like that they are rushing people through and I would think it would be for anything. So they were treating her as she on the outside she looks fine. Uh, you looked at my old Facebook, you could see pictures of her, and you say, "Well, there's nothing wrong with her," and there's not. I mean, she's as healthy as a horse, but uh-huh. uh, she's just she's just got problems that we all know that takes a lot of patience. Did I mention yeah. a lot of patience? Uh, so those those are my sticking points that that I'm really pursuing, and as well, that, those are the top things I wanted to work on, as well as the um, thing with Medicaid. I could address mm-hmm. a little bit of that. Moving from Mississippi, I don't know if your your audience has uh, experience with that with Medicaid, but Mississippi takes a lot of hits as far as being the last. But let me tell you, that's the most compassionate, loving state I've ever been in in this United States. They care about people. In Mississippi, the rules are it's it goes from state to state. But if you're going for Medicaid, they base it on individual. Mm-hmm. All right. So household, if you've got like, I know the rules may have changed, but like $120,000, I don't have it. <laughs> I don't have it. I yeah. just spend it all taking care of Now, he, that doesn't count your ca- ca- house or your cars. So you can apply for Medicaid. You don't need to spend $10,000 for a lawyer to do this. You can do this yourself. You just go fill out the paperwork. You go submit it. Uh, they don't have any assets in their name. And then you get help. Like I was telling you, in Mississippi, I was able to get, um, you know, medic, general Medicaid help. And um, now, when I, and I thought when I moved across state lines, it would be pretty much no, no problem, pretty much the same. No, 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 no. Every state is different. Every state is different. In Indiana, they count your 401k. So if I want to get Kim on Medicaid, I gotta I gotta cash in everything. Well, to me that's a contrary that's contrary to um, that's almost unconstitutional. I mean that that would be like against the law. Well, you know, not against law, but if you go in and cash in your four hundred one k, you're going to get penalized about thirty percent. So if you have a hundred thousand dollars, you're going to give the government thirty thousand dollars just because you crossed the state line. That's wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, if Kim goes about the, the, the saving grace, which really isn't, if she goes to needing a, a Medicaid bed in that area, I have no idea. That's just not even where I want my heart to go, to tell you the truth. I really don't want it to go there. It just hurts really too badly to even think about that. But if she goes there, the state's a little bit more compassionate because they don't count your, your 401K and all that kind of stuff in that case. Uh, so mm-hmm. those are the things that I really believe we need to analyze and look at state to state. If a, if, a st- if the federal dollars are being distributed among states, then they need to get together here and, and come up with something because it's very inhumane. If somebody has to move from one state to another, which I had to do because of a job change, my job mm-hmm. got outsourced to India, I had to take this job. And I never imagined I'd be living up here, but there was a reason. God gave me a reason for this. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is it. Now, when you move across state lines, these, these are federal dollars, then why cannot we get the federal government involved to help us sort this out? Why does it have to be so complicated? Especially when you're, de- you're I mean, it's hard enough to deal with somebody that, you know, you, you wonder you have to sleep with one eye closed and one eye open if they might get escape outside in the middle of the night. Who knows what? Now, she's not doing that, but there's always that possibility. 
Yeah. Well, that, that's pretty much all I had to say right now. Um, okay. I think I told you everything I had to say. Well, I I appreciate you taking the time to call in and, and sharing your story, Joe. It's a, it's an important one. Um, you know, I think with um, you know your goals of what you're after with Medicare and and changing things in the schools and with the professionals, you know, is really important. Some of the kids are starting to want um, support groups in schools that are dealing with uh, dementia. Um, This is a a much bigger problem than a lot of people think because, again, people don't talk about it. Um, And then educating the kids as well. I know I've gone in and, and done educational programs for the for the schools, and it's amazing. They they love getting the information, but they keep saying over and over again that, you know, no one tells us what's going on. We don't know how to help. We want to help, but we just, we don't know. We don't know everything. And I think that sometimes um, as parents, um, we we don't, and we don't always share with our kids that it might be our own parents or it might be grandparents, you know, it could be aunts and uncles are dealing with. I mean, the variety is quite large in there, um, but it, you know, when something like this happens, it shifts the the household dynamics in a big, big way, and and our young kids can't always understand um, why that is. Um, you know, why those needs have changed, and I can see where it could cause a lot of frustration and anger and um, all, all different types. You know, depression and all different types of things um, can come into play, and they're they're at such a vulnerable state to begin with. So. I can appreciate um, how you've got your hands full there. I'm going to pull Harry um, Urban in here and just see. Harry actually is living um, with Alzheimer's disease. Harry, are you there? Hi, Shulin. How are you doing today? Good, good, Harry. I um, I was just thinking that you might have some ideas or some comments for Joe, um, talking about dealing with his wife with young onset and having a young family. Any any thoughts? Yeah, I, I have I have a lot of thoughts on that way. Um, with with the youth of today, we're kind of overlooking them with support. And now we we started up a teen and young adult group in uh, Forget Me Not, and um, it's it's very hard to get to get the uh, to get the youth involved in that uh, because number one, they don't want to talk about it. Uh, they don't want to talk about it to adults. So mm-hmm. the adult supervision, and we really don't know how to get around that, but um, times are changing and attitudes are changing, and I do see I do see light. And uh, uh, one of the things that we, we started up on Forget Me Not is I wanted to reach out to more people. I wanted to help mm-hmm. more people. And I got such a back uh, backlash on uh, uh, people being afraid that the group is going to get too large and you're going to lose that intimate safety net that you have. So after doing a lot of thinking and brainstorming about that, the direction we are now going into is we're not going to have individual support groups within Forget Me Not. I just started up a a group for the Louis body. And mm-hmm. that took off. That took off real good. I mean, it, it, it's really growing. I'm getting so many uh, requests now. Can we start up one on uh, FTD or vascular dimensions and things like that? And 
I say, sure. You know, as soon as we get one off the ground and we we iron out all the mistakes, so we don't keep making the same mistakes. But it seems like like people nowadays don't want to be involved in a large support group. They want mm-hmm. individual little groups that they know everybody and things like that. And dementia covers so many different things that that um, uh, we're, we're still trying to figure it out. Yeah, it's. It is difficult, and it's complicated to meet all the needs. But, you know, the the intimacy of a small group um, is, I I mean, there's just nothing like it. And, you know, um, people know what to expect. They they know how to support one another. And, you know, it's kind of like when uh, you're young and you're dating or something and you bring somebody home new home to the family and they, you got to figure out how they're going to fit in, into all the dynamics and and as a group grows that that twisting and turning can can take its toll on some people i'm sure with that um so so did i hear you right did you say that you do have a group for for young adults yeah we do um we we started that up um uh, uh, some time ago, maybe six months ago or so, and um, what I wanted to do is I wanted to find I wanted to find young adults that could oversee the group uh, because uh, I didn't want I didn't want a bunch of us old people getting involved in that because number one I don't speak their talk I mean they mm-hmm. they, they they talk different than I do so I, I wanted to get. I wanted to get the young people uh, involved in it to oversee the group and to to help pull in people of their own, mm-hmm. um, so they can so they can have. Now I have to make sure that that um, the site is safe. Okay. You know that that's one of the most important things that that I have that the site is safe and and somebody can't sneak in uh, under the pretense of being a young adult. And taking advantage of of the situation, so um, we do have we do have people keeping an eye on it to make sure it's it's safe. But um, that that's so needed. Maybe a phase for for just teens, I think, is needed. Um, okay. They they have to be able to talk about their things. Yeah. Yeah. So, Joe, is that something that you think would have helped your son to have a support group to be able to talk about um, the situation at home? Well, the problem with this, not a problem, is that we lived out in the country. Uh huh. And like okay. six miles from civilization. Okay. And I yeah. would, uh, and, to, and at the time to try to get my son online. There was not uh-huh. very much peer pressure in that way. Peer for getting it from the top down, like, is the best way to go to get the, the, the ones involved that need to be involved. Well, if we give you an example, when we first moved there, Kim said, excuse my language, she said, I have to pee. Well, we pull in the parking lot, and she gets right there in front of God and everybody and pee. And then, of course, kids are cruel, so they tell other kids what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets to school, they're making fun of his crazy mother. Uh-huh. Another, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And he gets angry. There's more to it than, than that. And so unfortunately, I have to get back to work, and that was another okay. problem. 
is that whenever I'm trying to support groups are great, love to be them, mm-hmm. but I get up at 5.30, go to work. When I get home, i got to cook dinner, take care, and I'm exhausted. So email yep. is a good way to communicate with me. And, and on weekends, I'd like to, I could do some stuff. But uh-huh. right now, I'm just trying to, I mean, I moved from Mississippi to Indiana. That's like going to a whole new country. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> there's a joke in there. <laughs> uh, well, listen, but, you but take I would care. like I, to. I would. I, I would like to say that I'd like to go at this politically and maybe get get with the uh, honcho head honchos at the Alzheimer's, the one that the people that have accepted this money from the NAPA from the government. Mm-hmm. We need to sit down with them and talk to them. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything in there, or well, I hadn't looked at it in a while. Putting out funding, they need to spread some of that love around to deal with not just early onset, but helping families with this. And I, I may be speaking, you know, out of turn here, but that's what I think it, it needs to be, you know, done with is, is talk to the Alzheimer's and say, look, it's great. Every time I hear them, they're raising money, raising money, raising money. Okay, well, that's great that you're raising money. Now, what are you doing with it? Research, research, research. There's other parts of that, and I know they do some grants, but that needs to be uh, uh, looked at, I think, a little bit more. Uh, so I'm talking about politically, uh, not only with them, but also nationally and state by state and community by community. And that's really all I, I, I have time to talk about. But you've got my email address, and, and I uh, hope that you'll still have to, you'll talk to me after what I said, but I do mean it. <laughs> yep, I will definitely continue to talk to you, Joe, and I appreciate you taking the time out of work to to call in today and join us. So you have a you have a great week, and again, thank you for for taking yes, the time yes. today. Okay, bye now. And you got my email, and I'll be happy to talk to anybody. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. It's so hard to to um, hear people struggle so much, you know, through this through this journey and and here you know it firsthand um you see it all the time um not a not an easy easy thing to do i'm going to pull in we've got another caller here harry if you can hang with us um uh, we've got somebody on a 610 um you are live and on the air if you'd like to state who you are and um, why you called in today 610 oh is that me that's you. That's you. And who is okay. it? Hi, Harry and Lori. It's Lauren. Oh, hi, Lauren. Hi. How are you doing? Harry, Harry no, number one, I am not old. Number two, don't ever call me old. And number three, I will do your teen thing. I, I, I told you that before. Let's do it. Okay. So I'm not sure, I'm not, Harry. Harry, are you there? I'm not sure. I understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I understand. I understand it. This is the Lauren that uh, that I think it is. Yeah, um, it is. Uh, Lauren, you you're one of my dearest friends, and I and I love you dear, dearly, and I would never call you old. Uh, I support you. With all my heart, and I hope you know that I, I am I walking do, with you the whole way. I I, I was joking, Harry. Oh, okay, so, okay. I'm I was, sorry. I'm sorry. I was, 
<laughs> I was joking about about the age, but I'm not joking about I will help you with the teens because I'm oh, yeah. I'm old, but I'm I'm not that old. <laughs> You're only as old as you feel. <laughs> well, then then I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I, I, I will I will do that with you, Harry. Oh, Lauren, okay. I know you will. So, Lauren, can you tell us what your connection to dementia is? Um, I I am or was or still am or whatever a registered registered nurse uh, for over thirty years. I worked in psychiatry and dementia. And okay. now I now I I am I am fifty one, so that's old but not that old. And di di diagnosed um well that's about 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 age forty six thought things start happen. Uh, I was mm-hmm. still working. I was still working. Um, uh, early onset Lewy body, and then um, a couple a couple day I think ago, I find out uh, also probably early onset Alzheimer's two. Yay for me! <laughs> yeah, um, aren't you lucky? As, yeah, I, I always have been an overachiever. <laughs> so, so, so um, Harry and I have become friends, and um, you can see my very scary hallucinations all over Forget Me Not and stuff. But I used to be fairly good artist. Uh, Harry has made some, I don't know what you call that, Harry, but uh, took some of my old art and made a, uh, I don't know the word. Like but a Harry slideshow uh, presentation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so I, I remember um, just being brought up, was it on um, Dementia Chats? I think Harry had mentioned what a beautiful artist you are. Um, what a beautiful artist I used to be. Used to be. Now my life is just filled with Louis hallucinations, scary monster things. Mm-hmm. But Harry and a lot of the friends I've made, forgive me not, have encouraged me to start some, try, try, try to start some pretty art again. It's very hard to see through the scary, ugly monster things. I have been, my, I have been, I am now literally my patients. So it's it's a very hard transition. Okay. And that's, Definitely understandable with that. Um, It's got to be very frustrating to you. um, But it sounds like from what Harry's told me, and I haven't seen any of your art, I would would love to um, see it sometime. Um, 
you know, to know that that um, you know, art is art is always beautiful. Um, it may have changed, you know, how it's done and what it looks like, but you know, to me, um, the beauty is you know inside the artist coming out whatever that is and and you taking that passion and that drive and still still moving forward even with the disease i mean to me there is just such beauty in that alone without even seeing it just knowing that you that you have this creativity in you and you want to share it um i i think it's just such a a beautiful rare thing and so i thank you um, for continuing to to do your art and to share it with others. Can I add some things? Can I add some things, Boy? Uh, uh, sure. With, with Lauren, with Lauren, uh, Lauren has has a story to tell, and her story to tell is what it's like living with Lee bodies. Uh, now we we tend to shy away from from hearing the ugly side of our disease. But it's still there. Um, now, Lauren is a is a beautiful artist, beautiful. Even the scary pictures she draws are beautiful. If you if you if you take away the scariness from them and look at the painting itself, they're beautiful. Now, Lauren draws what she sees. She's not making it up. But she draws what she sees every day, and what I'm trying to encourage you that yeah we we have this scariness in our life, but we still have beauty in our life mm-hmm. and um she was able to draw some uh, uh beautiful stuff before, and some of the things she's drawing now is not scary. I mean, now she she thinks in her eyes it's scary, but but it's toned down so much, and um, she's I mean she's a wonderful person. I just love her to death, and she uh, she she's starting to see the light, uh, and she's starting to see that that there is things besides scariness. You know, I'm trying to encourage her to to use her talents. To to help herself, you know, start seeing the good things in life, and that and that's gonna help you feel so much better. And you know what? It's working. Oh, I see that's such so a nice change in line. Yes, it, it 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 just makes me feel so good. I mean, I am walking with her the whole way, and when she strays off the path, I'm gonna be there to help her get back on the path and. Enjoy her life. You're making me blush, Harry. Good, good. <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> well, well, that is that is fantastic. It's just so nice to um, to see and hear people connect. You know, on on this level. You know, through social media, people think, "Oh, that could, that can't happen." You know, if you can't physically see somebody and meet somebody. Um, but you know what you have done through Forget Me Not, Terry, um, and what Rick has done with Memory People, and 
and the other groups has just been amazing out there in terms of uh giving people a you know a place to be able to share and connect and and support and build community it's just so so important um for all of us so i i just think that that's absolutely fabulous and um i think it's exciting that you're looking at doing a a group for teens i know that um you know it's been talked about before and it's it's a struggle um you know, just because with with young adults um, and children, you know, you just have to be so careful of their vulnerabilities and um, making sure that it's it's overseen even a little bit more so than the adult sites, um, so that they're protected and um, yet can still um, be open, so they feel comfortable and want to go there. Um, not not always an easy balance in in the world we live today. So I give you kudos to that. Harry, I was going to ask you, too, I threw this out to Carol Larkin earlier. Um, you know, I got a, a letter from a woman who is looking, uh, lives in Spain and is looking for a English-speaking care partner uh, for for her um, for her loved one. And do you, I know that you have a Spanish-speaking group, and I didn't know if any of them were maybe over in Spain and might know um, or have any connections um, as to who they could who they could connect with to find an English-speaking care partner in Spain. Any ideas? That you know, that's something that um, that that we're very involved with through the Dementia Mentors uh, project that we have going on that is worldwide. And mm-hmm. that's something that I would like to bring up because um, we have we have so many connections now worldwide. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not just in the States anymore that we've branched out so far that, uh, that there's connections uh, everywhere. We, I mean, we, we helped our people in Australia. We helped our people in India. And I'm, I'll pass it along, and I'll uh, ask around, and, and uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure the information is there for you. We just have to find it. Okay. Yeah, there's got to there's got to be somewhere to go. I mean, there's um, you know, uh, this can't be the only the only couple dealing with, with this at all. You know, it's <laughs> it just said that they're British and they live in Spain, but you know, um Sheila can't speak Spanish. And so they really need to find an English speaking um care group or society in Spain that can that they can communicate with. And so yeah, if you hear if you hear of anything or if any of our listeners know, please let me know um so that I can then reach back um to to this couple and get back to them and let them know um you know where things are at. That would be that would be wonderful. Um one thing else Laura, I I wanted mm-hmm. to one thing else I, I wanted to uh, talk about a little bit, Lori, is when Joe mentioned that the uh, that the bottom up strategy doesn't work, that you have to go from the top down. Now, I'm not I'm not quite sure I understand what that means, but uh, my philosophy is different than that. I think we have to reach the youth of today. Uh, that's why we are working so hard in getting the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts involved with with badges to uh, uh, 
promote dementia awareness and things like that because I think that if we can educate the young people that as they grow up, they're going to get more knowledge. Now, it's it's so hard for us to educate the experts because they are so set in the field that that um, that they're not listening to us. So I honestly think that if change is going to be made, it's going to be made by the people living with dementia. They are the ones, they are the movers and shakers that are going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yep, I I I agree, and I, I you know, and I think I mean I look at like the the Purple Angel Project. I mean, that really has started at the bottom. That's a grassroots effort. It's not starting at the top and trickling down because um, there's too many people at the top that you know it wasn't their idea, so they didn't want to get involved. And so, um, you know, the the public is really almost forcing people to get on board with this, saying this is the right thing to do. Um, we need to work together. This isn't about ownership. Um, you know, it really is about greater good and and stuff. So it's kind of, it's very, very interesting. I, uh, I think when it comes to shifting our dementia care culture, we probably have to come at it from all different angles. Um, and we have to, you know, kind of like Alzheimer's Speaks, use multiple platforms to reach people because people um, learn differently. They engage, you know, using different modes, um, just like you're finding um, with your with your group, Forget Me Not. And we have to be very conscious of what actually is working, not what have we always done, but what the heck really works and, and why. You know, why is it working? Um, or why isn't it working? I think is is very very important for us to to look at and acknowledge. Um, Lauren, was there anything else that you wanted to chime in on? Mm. No, just just yay, Harry. <laughs> I'm seeing those pom poms going, Lauren. <laughs> well, I. I really appreciate you calling in and taking the time. It's always it's always nice to hear from our listeners and um you know I really encourage you to to continue to share your art and um you know if you'd ever like to share some pieces on our blog Alzheimer's Speaks I would love to help push that out um for you as well. And um I, I think it's I think it's very important. Um and uh you know Harry Harry's spoken so highly about your artwork and your story, um, I you know I think it's just absolutely fantastic. So thank you, thank you for being brave and joining the forces of um, you know getting your voice out there and, and being heard. Um, we can't do this without you guys. We we need you guys. Thank you. Thank you. So. Um, Harry, anything else that's going on with you with Forget Me Nots or I um yeah, I I uh I went through a period of I got so frustrated why that that we're not reaching more people. That we're not helping more people. And um I started to doubt myself, am I doing enough? 
you know, is there's other things we could be doing. And the more I the more I I thought about it, the more uh problems I got because of of everybody saying about keep it small, keep it small, you know, keep it intimate. And I'm saying, but my goodness, there's thousands of people out there that that could could benefit from what we have. We have to reach them. And mm-hmm. um then I I got to thinking, I don't have to do it. But all I have to do is reach the right people, motivate them, and have them do it. And if we all work together, we're going to reach those people. And it doesn't it doesn't matter whose name is on it. it. That doesn't matter to me. That if somebody starts up a mini cafe and they say, well, um, we had 20 people come to it. Well, you know what? That's twenty people that didn't have help before. Yep. And if, if we can, if we can have them spring up in every neighborhood of every town of every city, then we're growing. The word is getting out, and that's exactly what I want to see. I don't want, I don't want one name stamped on it as as this is the authority on on dementia because there's no such thing. But if enough people come together, work together, that um, we'll get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> and I I totally believe that as well. I think it it really is a group effort, um, one that we all have to to share in. And I mean, I, I look at Alzheimer's Speaks, you know, and and being able to have that recognition from Share Care and Doctor Oz is you know, the number one influencer online for Alzheimer's, it's like, that that wasn't me. You know, I'm just a small piece of that. Um, but it's mm-hmm. everybody, it's everyone else chipping in saying, you know what, we can make a difference if we work together, if we share the knowledge. Um, and, and every you know, everyone just, those little clicks, those little likes that people think don't count really, really matter. Um, and they make they make a huge difference because all it takes is one person, you know, to meet the need of one person, um, and you can change their life. And when you change that one person's life, you're going to change, you know, a handful of others at minimum because they're going to feel the effect too. And so, you know, we have to frame it really differently in terms of of the, of the power of one. We really have to look at. Um, it's important and stop belittling you know everything doesn't have to be big and grand because if everything was big and grand then nothing would be big and grand you know so we have to appreciate i think all the little steps that we take in terms of of building and knowing that meeting the need of one is just as important as as meeting the need of many um because you just you don't know at what level you're making that difference. Um, and again, the ripple effect, we all want to be bigger and better and, um, you know, we all want the disease to go away. But, you know, in reality, we, we also can only do so much um, within our own little corner of the world, within our own lifestyles, within our own budgets. Um, and we have to be, you know, grateful for what it is we are able to do and the difference that we are making. And And sometimes we... I think sometimes we're our own worst critics 
um, you know, when it comes to <laughs> comes to effect. I mean, I, I beat myself up all the time, you know. And people are like, "Are you nuts? How do you do what you do?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I just someone's got to do it, you know." And um, you know, you you don't realize. I don't think any of us really realize the impact that we have on others um, until we slow down to actually maybe listen to the comments or actually take them to heart. Sometimes we hear them, but we don't we we don't um, we don't really take them in. Uh, does that make sense? We we have too much to do, mm-hmm. so so we don't look we don't look at what we what we accomplish. It's so much ahead of us what we have to do and that that's that's my fault that's my uh that's my downfall if you want to call it that is is uh i tell people to stop and install the ruses mm-hmm. but i never take my own advice yeah you know I, yeah. I never i never do and uh and and so many people point that out to me that that um uh in fact, one person in particular loves to tell me, "Hey, Harry, you have something that I that I read the other day," and and uh, he reads it to me, and it makes so much sense to me. And he says, "Harry, you wrote that," and I thought, "Oh my goodness, I'm so I'm so embarrassed." I mean, it's a classic case that that um, the words come out of my mouth, but they don't go in my ear. <laughs> Well, you are you are full of such great wisdom. Um, it's it's kind of spooky sometimes. Um, the information that you share and the way that you are able, you know, to phrase things. Um, you and Norms and Rick and you know, Barry and and so, Michael and so many others, Dina and Steve. Um, you're just you're just truly all such a gift to all of us. So I really wanna I really wanna thank you for for calling in today and um and you know supporting the show and and because um, your 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 information um and your knowledge and your life is just so valuable to the rest of us and, and Lauren you too thank you so much for calling calling into the show. I'm gonna go ahead and, and wrap up today. I'm not gonna do a full two hours just because um I have to get running to to the memory cafe that we're gonna open up with um Health Star Home Care today. So I'm very excited about that. And I, I don't wanna I don't wanna be late since I'm gonna be facilitating the the first one there on that. Um any last minute comments, Lauren, that you'd like to add or Yay, Harry. Yay, Harry. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and Harry, how about you? Any, any last wise words that you want to pass on? Yeah, Lauren, stop it. <laughs> no, um, my, my advice to everybody is reach out and help somebody. And that's yeah. it. You know, and that's that's great advice because uh, you know it, it always feels good to help someone else. And you know, when you give, you receive tenfold. And um, I think in this busy, busy world, sometimes we forget about slowing down to take the time to help somebody else. We forget about what what we will receive out of that as well—the gift of 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 being able 
to assist someone, you know, to help them find calm or what, whatever it might be, um, is is pretty darn huge. Um, and I don't think we slow down enough mm-hmm. to to appreciate that. So good advice, Harry. Thank you um, all for joining us. And again, hopefully by next time I will have the chat box up and running and figured out where we've kind of been chatting with them in the background. And it sounds like it might be an issue with moi here. So I'm going to have to do some, some more work on my computer and uh, Adobe Flash and see if we can get that fixed. Um, I do want to just highlight that if you missed our last show, we, we met with Grind Dining, um, which is just a fabulous new company coming out that really puts independence and dignity back into finger foods. Um, really is a great thing for people um, further along with dementia. But um, for young kids, for any disease, anyone who has difficulty use, utilizing utensils and needs finger food, um, check into Grind Dining. Um, right now they're launching primarily in communities like nursing homes, assisted living, um, but in the future they hope to have this available in the home as well. Our next radio show, actually we're putting some extra ones in this month because it is World Alzheimer's Month. On Friday, I am going to have um, people on um, for Fuel for Thought, um, What Makes Our Bodies Run Better. And that one we're going to start at 11 o'clock Central Time, so that will be noon um, Eastern Time, so a little, little bit later. And then on Monday the 22nd, we'll have Mark Wartman on, the Executive Director from Alzheimer's Disease International. He's going to talk about the new research study that is going to be released, I believe, tomorrow. And then on the 23rd, we have a two-hour special long program on keeping safe in today's world, and we're going to be talking about Project Lifesaver. Uh, so that'll be a, a great, great uh, one. We're going to have a variety of people on that show. The last Dementia Chats was September 9th, and we had a, a great discussion on on the phrase living well with dementia and how that phrase makes people um, with dementia feel. And for me, it was an eye-opener, and it's something that I will be changing in the future. Um, so I... I um, recommend people go ahead to uh, go back to Alzheimer's Speaks website, go to the About page and click on Dementia Chats. You can watch uh, that video, that webinar, um, or any of the other past ones anytime. We'll be having our next Dementia Chats on the 23rd. And then for our blogs, there's a couple of really interesting uh, blog posts. Uh, I just put one on last night. Our friend Sandy Helperin was featured on CNN on driving in dementia. I also put on that blog post the two-hour radio show that we did on driving with dementia that was very interesting. And so um, check that out. Uh, A little later today, there's also going to be a post um, with a journalist called Greg O'Brien who's been diagnosed and there are four features that um, Channel 5 did, and I've posted the first. I'm going to do one a week um, on Greg O'Brien. Um, very, very interesting. He's a, you know, a, a journalist uh, who has been journaling his, his own personal journey and struggle with this disease. 
Um, Michelle, our intern, did a nice post Sunday night called The Treasure of Letters, which is really uh, quite nice. And then there is um, also a post on the 14th um, for Aging Info Radio. And Sue Zawaki um, interviewed both myself and Mara Botanis. Um, which is a great interview. I encourage you to listen to that. And then on September 11th, I uh, I wrote a post about um, learning to say goodbye. And for me, it was really about, um, even though my mom passed in February, it was really about um, selling the family home, getting that ready, how I view possessions, um, just that whole that whole other piece um, of what you do afterwards. And, I, you know, I've really been quite touched by the process as a whole. So, again, I appreciate everybody, um, you know, promoting Alzheimer's Speaks uh, Radio and, uh, and our website. Uh, together, I know that we can really make a difference. If you um, have a product, tool, or service that you think others can use, please register that in our resource directory. It doesn't cost any money to do. If you need instructions, just shoot me an email. Again, go to alzheimerspeaks.com to contact me. There's a big contact button up top. Just click on that and shoot me an email. Again, uh, September is World Alzheimer's Month. So if you're not a Purple Angel and you'd like to be part of that uh, program and project, uh, please go to our website. Again, alzheimerspeaks.com. Go to the About page and click on the Purple Angel. We would love to have you be part of that. And um, wish us luck with Health Star Home Healthcare opening up their first memory cafe today. If you are dealing with Lewy body, frontal temporal lobe, or aphasia, make sure that you check out those associations. If you need an Alzheimer's association anywhere in the world, check out Alzheimer's Disease International, and they can point you into the right direction. And uh, if you're looking for holistic modes, don't forget about the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation. They just do fabulous, fabulous work. If you are working um, you know, more socially, looking for engagement, check out Jiminy Wicket. That's a croquet game that's intergenerational and adaptable for those with dementia or Puzzle With Me. If you're looking for puzzles that are bigger pieces, more age-appropriate, easier to handle. Um, and then Alzheimer's Music Connect, again, uh, they have some, some great, great music out there uh, specifically for Alzheimer's research-based and will be coming out with a holiday um, uh, CD here soon we'll be telling you more about. So uh, in the meantime... Um, have a great week and again on Friday at uh, noon Eastern 11 Central Time we will have another show called Fuel for Thought um, talking about what our body needs. Have a blessed day everyone. Bye now. Hi everyone, this is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. 
Join me, listen now, search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.